welcome to episode 014 for Rawness of Reality. I'm your host, Kevin Stoller, and in this episode, you have the opportunity to meet Sniper Streets, aka Streets. In this episode, you'll hear him talk about his zine that just came out on June 19th, how he goes about street photography, and what it's like to really strive to have an open dialogue with people who don't really always want to have that dialogue. But enough from me. Here's Streets. A lot of my photography has me like out on the street just going out into the world and like photographing kind of whatever mm -hmm. I run into it's kind of like ironic so I'm just kind of like stuck with the last name yeah and when I was in college a lot of people called me streets and I'd never gone by like it as like kind of like a nickname and yeah. I just kind of like started digging it like okay like people like this that's I that's pretty like cool I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I do like how you so your last name is streets right yeah and you really incorporated that into your whole like your whole yeah shit. it just kind of yeah. like it worked you mm -hmm. know like i don't like push it or like try and do anything super extra with it it's just like it works yeah you know that it's funny because my last name is actually stalker right and i don't push it and apparently it's everyone else at work it's like they all call me stalker yeah and if you don't know me you're like why are Was they calling like a this funny joke <laughs> in high yeah, school yeah. oh my god Dude, growing up was hilarious yeah. for everyone else. They thought it was the best thing ever. Like, the last name Stalker. People loved it. I didn't mind after a while. There was one kid, I was probably, like, middle school. No, it was, like, elementary school. He thought it was funny to call me Sidewalk because my last <laughs> name was Streets. That's hilarious. And, yeah, I, it was whatever. Well, I was like, okay, was probably not funny at all. Yeah, it was, like, well, it was the first time, it was the only time anyone's ever, like, mm -hmm. tried that. But it, I don't know. I It was okay. That, that's, like, like whatever, that's some man. Nathan for you humor. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's uh -huh. like, or some Eric Andre. Have you heard of the Eric okay. Andre show? Yeah, it's, like, it. that kind of humor mm -hmm. where it's, like, Come on, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's funny. So, Streets. And so, you go by Streets. You are Sniper Streets on Instagram. Yeah, that was, like, the handle, basically. Yeah. You know, when it came time to, like, make a name to put on the so, internet, that's kind of what I went with. Are you, are you like, American Sniper with a, like, with a camera? <laughs> but you never missed a shot. Not, right? Yeah, not an asshole, but basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Could you could you tell our listeners um, about what kind of photography you shoot and what to expect from your new zine? So, um, I'm basically like a photojournalist or a documentary photographer. I mean, what interests me is every day, you know, getting up, just putting the camera around my neck, whether I'm going to work or going, you know, to the store, whatever I'm doing, just having the camera with me and just being ready for whenever I see something that interests me, whether it be a person or something physical that somebody did or some architecture, it, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, um, you know, just, you know, stepping outside my door every day and just like taking on whatever the world brings my way or whatever I walk into. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily about like going out to make photographs. It's about going out and being ready to make a photograph. So you immerse yourself in completely, the culture around you. Completely. Um, just kind of being like, uh, not necessarily the fly on the wall, but you know, just a chameleon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just every, even even things. Uh, the world's fascinating, man. Mm -hmm. People are fascinating. Even if I don't necessarily agree or even if I feel uncomfortable in the situation like the moment I'm working with my camera like you know zen 
Really? In, in the zone. Okay. In my zone, yeah. It's it's just a, it's a happy place. And it brings me mad joy like when I know I got a good photograph. Mm-hmm. When I'm able to like uh, interact with somebody. It's, it's very challenging, too, to go out and suddenly, you know, either ask for a photograph or just suddenly be in somebody's space and, mm-hmm. you know, follow that gut instinct, you know, boom, get the photo. Because yeah. you've got, like, maybe That's... a second or two, just depending on the situation. It's definitely, and, and like, the slang term for it is street photography. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, to me, it's, I believe it's the hardest form of photography to do well and maybe at the same time also the most rewarding. It's definitely the most fun Mm because you just never know what's going to happen. And um, it continually continually challenges me and opens up my eyes to, you know, new things. Where's the first location you started picking up uh, street photography? Um, So, like, I guess, like, a little background. Like, I grew up around cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, At what age? Oh, goodness. I mean, like, from the moment I was a little kid, like, my parents were like, you know, back yeah. then in the 90s, you know, you had a little point-and-shoot 35-millimeter cameras, which I actually still love to shoot on, um, just because of the ease and workability. Um, and then, you know, that transition to, like, digital cameras and then phones, so it was just something I always had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't seriously consider or think of, like, oh, I'm going to do photography until I dropped out of college the first time and I had just taken like a basic intro to digital photography because uh when I'm like going into that second semester and I'm like okay like here's the class I need let's do everything else easy so I'm like boost my GPA up a little bit and I saw photography I'm like oh I've been doing that for years like that'll Mm -hmm. be no problem you know so I kind of like my parents graciously bought me a DSLR and I just hung on to it and I kept shooting here and there and I was a football player in college yeah. and high school. Wide receiver, right? Wide receiver, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that was the... Without football, I wouldn't have gone to college. I wouldn't be who I am in a lot of ways today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I kind of... I had this feeling that football was kind of slipping away. And I just had absolutely no idea what I really wanted to do mm. with life. But I knew I wanted to do something I enjoyed. And then just from there, kind of figure out, like, okay, how do we make a living from this? So... Um, year, year of 2015, I'm just left school. I'm back home. I'm living with my parents in my parents' house in Alabama. I'm working at an Aldi's and just on my free time, I grab my camera and drive, you know, the 25 miles to downtown Birmingham and just walk around and take pictures. Mm -hmm. And so I basically just kind of learned that way. And then of course, like looking at what people were sharing on Instagram and, you know, down the road, starting to like pick up on, you know, photographers from before Instagram. And that was when I think I really started to learn and figure out kind of like an avenue and just start to to gather some real, develop some real intention behind the lens. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think intention, especially in this day and age when there's just like massive content pushed out every day is like mad important. Like why, what, who are you doing it for, mm-hmm. you know, and then how does that relate, um, I took a, some photos last summer, I was waiting for the bus, and there are these kids playing on a trash can, like three kids and a mom, and I just instantly saw myself, because like my mom dragged me and my five siblings around, mm-hmm. we were kids everywhere, so it's like there was emotional, uh, an emotional relation there, if, mm-hmm. 
if that's the best way to put it. You no, know, like you, I, you I, actually told me about that the first time we met. Yeah, like yeah. I, when whenever I can, you know, whenever, sometimes you know I see something and it's just like boom, shoot mm-hmm. that. And other times, like you know, I relate to it, you know, empathetically mm-hmm. or maybe I'm curious about what's happening. Um, and anyway, so you know, like they they like caught me taking the picture of them caught playing on the trash can and uh so then like they wanted to see the camera you know so i let them see the camera and they started taking pictures of each other that's and whatnot. awesome and it, yeah it was i mean anytime i get to do that with anybody you know? well, well kids especially you got to think about the experience that's going through their mind maybe that's the first time they've really touched a nice camera and, and you know it's funny is the kid they always are like the kids will always be like where's the picture where's the picture because they're used to the digital world mm-hmm. you know film is like a 35 millimeter they don't even know yeah what that is. Yeah, they're used to it instantly being And then there. the older generation. Uh, I ran, I was in Walmart last summer. I was shooting a Nikon F3 at the time. So it's, you know, hanging around my neck. And I run into a guy. He recognizes the camera. And we talked for like 30 minutes in the middle of the aisle. And he ended up giving me a really nice and larger uh, for free. Oh, wow. That's kind of like another example. It's like... you. Because I'm shooting film, when somebody recognizes, somebody, you know, older than me recognizes that, you know, they're instantly, like, excited to see somebody young still using, like, an older Mm -hmm. medium. And I think, um, I don't know if I want to give the credit to Instagram necessarily, but, like, film has come back in a way. Um, It's very interesting how it's come back. Things Mm -hmm. that would have been so frowned on aesthetically years ago are now like popular now like light leaks and dust or scratches on your film blemishes basically Mm -hmm. are like pop culture within like i don't know if i want to call it pop culture they're pop culture for kids shooting film i'll put it like that do you think because film is tangible something we can hold on to that uh that it's becoming more popular because we're we're seeing our society go to phones and technology so much that Everything's not, you can't really like hold on to mm-hmm. these. Like, right, photos. it's not, yeah. Um, you know, that I remember when Instagram first came out and, you know, we had these little film filters. Like all those mm-hmm. filters are built around, you know, film. And, you know, like high level photographers, like I get it, they laugh. They're like, you know, I can do that with any camera I pick mm-hmm. up. I think over time, like we started to figure out, like, oh, that's from film. Oh, I can go to CVS and buy some film. Mm-hmm. I can get on eBay and buy a cheap SLR for a few bucks. Yeah. And oh, now I can send my film off to be developed. I think people just kind of started to figure it out and they're like, oh, this is fun, mm-hmm. you know. So then they start doing it. Uh, that's that's awesome. And and do you, have you met a lot of people doing it now? Yeah, 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 I have. I see. I see. You know, especially if I'm like around a lot of the colleges, maybe like Point Park or just in mm-hmm. Market Square. Like I see, you know. Of course, everybody's carrying a digital camera, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, here and there, scattered throughout, yeah, you see somebody carrying an, an old SLR. That's cool. Yeah. You know, so it's always fun. You know, those are the people I like to go up and like, like, hey, what film are you shooting? Like, how long mm-hmm. have you been working with it or whatnot? You know, just like. I, I think it's really cool how you will just go out on the street and take a picture of anyone. Yeah. Like, like I think that's awesome. And, and I. I had a conversation with you about it, and then uh, well, the reason why is because I was sitting somewhere. Uh, it was in Market Square. Um, this will give you guys a little background on how we met. Mm-hmm. So it was in Market Square, and I was sitting down writing some notes, and directly behind me there was another guy, and I think he was also writing something down. 
But he was, was he sitting on the ground? He was sitting yeah. on the ground, yeah. Up against the light pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and apparently uh, it looked it looked really symmetrical. Is that right? It wasn't even that. I just saw two people who had a one was sitting on the ground, what was sitting in the chair, and y'all were both doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. it was really a kind of a juxtaposition of like two people doing kind of like the same physical task, but like in kind of a very different situation relative yeah. to like how they were using the space. Sometimes it's not even about the person; it's about how the person's using the space, mm-hmm. you know, or what they've done with it, you know. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really funny how I I was writing something and then I looked to my right and I just see you with this camera. Like, is this? I'm thinking to myself, is this guy taking a picture of me? Yeah. And then <laughs> and then I I think I asked, "Are you a photographer?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we had like a 30, 40 minute conversation. At least forty. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was really cool, and that's that's how we met. So, um, I just think that's awesome how you have the balls to literally take a that's picture a good way to put of it. anyone. Like, that, that, takes, that takes a lot of confidence. And that's what I mean by, like, it's challenging <clears throat> to enter people's space. There's mm-hmm. moments, I'm ashamed to say it, where, like, I ducked out of the picture. And, um, but that also pushes me to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, again, why intention is so important. Because when I first was taking images, it was on a digital camera, so it's easy to be shutter happy. And I just, like, shoot anything. Mm-hmm. Not really knowing why. Yeah, just getting content. Right, like, yeah, just figuring it out. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that, like, if somebody gets mad at you, you're going to be able to explain your way out of it. But at least knowing why, that's big for mm-hmm. me. It's not like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know. Just blow you up yeah. with a camera. Mm-hmm. No, like, your hair is dope. Your pants, I love your outfit, the way you were sitting, your demeanor, the look on your face. It could be, you know, anything. Or, you Intention know, is crazy. Yeah, or you're yeah. sitting on the ground, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and recently, I've actually been pushing myself to walk up and make contact first in some situations where I just want to get, like, a portrait. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's more challenging for me than just like popping into somebody's face and getting the camera i think because what i've realized is i've been slowly starting to get some of my film back because i'm just like i'm always shooting more than i'm developing uh um, that's that's the fun part right yeah and it's also just like uh when i get tired of shooting pittsburgh i'll get tired of it you know Mm -hmm. i'm not like trying to like i'm not rushing the process what's your favorite part of pittsburgh to go and Ooh. shoot uh anywhere where there's a crowd okay so three rivers arts fest is it's been yeah i was there days. i was there um the the opening weekend. Okay. What do you What do you think of the Three Rivers Arts Fest and how? So was... I didn't I didn't get to go last oh, year okay. since I've only lived up here for almost a year and a half now. So it was a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, um, we went down to have a picnic. So you know, like we're walking down, like I'm taking pictures. We sit down to eat, and like I remember this little kid came up and like had a soccer ball. I just like <clears throat> reached for my camera. And was like you know. Just anywhere I'm at, yeah. like it, I don't have to be in like oh I'm shooting pictures, you know. Mm-hmm. Just whenever the picture's there, if I'm can get it, it's good I'll to have it, it on you, yeah. right? You said it always. I mean, it's, all you gotta do is put a camera around your neck, mm-hmm. you know. And then the rest is. Up uh, to you. I learned that from uh, Ricky Powell. 
he said, you know, and if that's too much, then mm-hmm. <laughs> Ricky know. Powell. I'm not familiar. He's with him. uh, man, a legend. New York, New York, uh, New York street photographer from okay. back in the day. Ricky Powell. Ricky Powell. Yeah. I like there's a name. there's a documentary that really there there were certain moments that like really like like I remember the first time I saw Bruce Gilden's work and I was like, wow, I'm doing street photography wrong. Like this mm-hmm. is how I've always wanted to do it. Like I like to look at pictures where I feel like I'm right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I talk about like getting in somebody's space. Like I'm not there with like a 50 or an 85. Like I'm shooting my 28 prime and I'm there. And uh, Everybody Street was one of those moments too. When I watched that documentary, and I still go, I've watched it more times than I can count. I still go back and watch it because uh, I'm always trying to glean or learn something from somebody wherever they're at. You know, if they've got something Did you say I can glean? learn. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that word either. It's like uh, I don't know, it's like a fancy word for like what pick up. I maybe I didn't even use it right. Okay. We'll, we'll get our fact. I want to know, but I want to. I want to. So I do this all the time. I'll just look up the definition of a word. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I ask Siri a lot. <laughs> Siri's uh, really. Do you ever like that. You, you hear a word used somewhere and then you try to use it in a sentence, and you keep using it and then you realize, yeah, here we go. So I glean is like extract information from various sources. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I might type in. Uh, so like Bruce Gilden interview on YouTube and just like watch through all his interviews or like, mm, you know, okay. find written articles. Everybody Street's one of my favorite docs. I always go back to it because there's a lot of different photographers in there and it's them on the street. It's them in interviews and, you know, I'm constantly picking up something new from them and then I can take that and put it into what I do in my own way. So, so glean's a verb then. It's basically it's the action. So yeah. then I, I, used, I gleaned um, to prepare for this discussion. So then I have a question about something that I, I found, some of your work. And mm-hmm. I was wondering uh, if you could talk about it. So mass reality. Yeah. I didn't really understand, but I, I, I did like, uh, I, I liked like what was going on, but I didn't really understand what mm-hmm. I was watching. And, that's, and I was wondering if you could help. Or maybe that's the No, that's so on point because everybody says that. Mm-hmm. And I get it because, so how mass reality started like, um... Here, let's give let's give the listeners a little background on what Master Reality is. So yeah. Master Reality is uh, under his YouTube channel, uh, Sniper Streets or un- no, it's it's uh, probably it's underscore space streets probably. Yeah, that's your YouTube channel, and underneath that you have a video called Master Reality, and it's about 24, 25 minutes mm-hmm. long of various uh, video and pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's like a mass of realities, real things mm-hmm. that happen. Um, okay. When I went to learn Adobe Premiere, which is a video editing software, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have to have content. I have to have some audio to work with just to figure this thing out. And for the past two years, I had just been randomly shooting video, randomly collecting audio in that same way where I'm on the street and just like, it's like, boom, take that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why I was taking the video. I didn't know why I was taking the audio. I just knew I had to capture it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way it is with my photographs a lot. So now I finally like, oh, cool. I'm going to get to do something with this. Like I always knew this day would come. Yeah. So um, 
like I started toying around with it and then I like I put it off like with my projects you know when it's when it's on my own time I it could sit on the shelf for six months and then I come back around to it just because it's like I hit a wall and it's like okay well like either you know if I don't figure this out it's like I don't have the energy anymore that I'm not gonna like stick with something if I'm not having fun with it you mm-hmm. know I think a lot of times when people put something on a strict timetable like now your intention is like oh I gotta meet this deadline and not just make it the best you can yeah now, obviously like mm-hmm. I can watch mass reality now and see things I could have done better but it was about like getting it to a moment where it was like okay I'm ready to put this out mm-hmm. and it wasn't even gonna be public because since there's like a lot of my homies in there I just sent it to them like hey like I made this in the process of teaching myself Adobe Premiere what do y'all think and they're all like you know what the heck is this <laughs> yeah. but this is dope uh-huh. and I'm like yeah it's basically like a short film, a short documentary, mm-hmm. and I somewhat formed a narrative of it, but it's basically just a mass of realities, a mass mm-hmm. of moments all put together. That, yeah, that's what I was capturing from. Yeah, with yeah. a little bit of me sprinkled in there with the, and I did the photographs the way I did, um, I'm trying to remember the music video, Kendrick Lamar did, um, it was from, it was, it was one of the To Pimp a Butterfly music videos, and he had type in there, but it flashed up on the screen so fast you didn't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. And so I just pulled that idea because I didn't want the doc to be necessarily about the photos. Now, when it did come to like um, being in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration, I did want people to see those photos because I thought it worked so well with the Trump audio mm-hmm. in the background. But everything else, it was just fun to like yeah. flash up like, oh, did I see that? Nah, I'm going to keep watching. And some people are like, oh, no, I got to go back. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a little gem for whoever wanted to, like, Mm -hmm. mess around with it. So everybody loved it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll just, I'll put it out there. I'll let people see it. You know, it's the only only public video I've done. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so, you know. And then, so, so that was the only public video you've done. But now... Uh, is it June 19th or June 16th? June 19th. June 19th, you will be releasing uh, your first uh, zine. zine. Yeah. And a zine, for those of you who don't know, it is a short-form magazine um, that is created by an individual like himself or a group of people. Um, and a zine, it's a really cool, neat idea. Uh, could you talk about what we can expect to be in your zine? So this zine, um, it covers basically four individual peaceful protests from mm-hmm. Antoine Rose. Okay. Um, again, I was just there for the first three because I knew I had to be there. Um, and then by the time, the, the very last, I don't want to give away too much, but the last protest, at that point I knew when I was photographing it, like, a zine will come out of this eventually. Mm-hmm. Um I have a lot of, there's a lot of other project zines in the works down the road. I wanted to go with this one. It just kind of worked out because of the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday will be the one year anniversary since his death. Um, I mean, that's when, that's when uh, the pre-order will be uh, live. And um, all the money is going to his mother, Michelle Kenny. Mm. Um, if anyone's going to make money off of, you know, these photographs I've yeah. done, it, you it know, if someone's going to be capitalist, it yeah. should absolutely oh, yeah, be family. I completely agree, and that's powerful um, that, yeah. that you're doing I, that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I, I really hope that it's really embraced and a lot of people mm-hmm. buy it and share it. Um, How many copies are you making? 
I'm not sure. That's why we're doing a pre-order. Okay. I'm on a shoestring budget, so I'm trying to be like fiscally. Mm-hmm. Are you crowdfunding? Safe. Um, not at the moment. No. Yeah. That that looks so like <laughs> is the business side of all this is like like I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like that's my weak spot. Um, but I've had a lot of other people around me help me. And yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't be happening without them. Mm-hmm. Um, Teamwork makes a dream work. Absolutely, it's, it's so vital. Yeah, it, it is. when I'm trying to do things that I'm not good at, like I just get you know I just get frustrated and you know. We'll, we'll see your years of uh, playing sports actually comes into play when it when like like you were a receiver, so so you're a team player. You, yes, you're yes you run an individual route, but right. the quarterback has to throw you the ball. You know what I mean? If or I have to run a route to. You know, pull this safety down. Or yeah, or you gotta <laughs> pull hit the block. Over exactly. Here, throw a block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully and, not. I'm kind of small. I usually <laughs> lose. I usually lose. <laughs> well, I'm sure you enjoyed the crackback blocks. On yeah, the yeah. Practice. I just go. I go for your legs. Yeah. <laughs> you go, but the, the the point I'm making is that you understand um, when when to ask somebody for help, and and I think football teaches that. It it teaches absolutely uh, camaraderie and mm-hmm. to to know that you're not alone. So that's that's cool that you continue to not rely on other people, but Role you continue. Role playing is vital. It, yes, yeah. You, you continue to, to literally speak up for when you need uh, a hand. So and that's good. the zines are f- fun because it's allowing me to work out this process. Mm-hmm. You know, down the road, I want to put out books. I yeah. have books in the work. That's awesome. And so I look at the zine... You know, like being a big hip hop fan, it's kind of like the mixtape, you know, like mm-hmm. figuring it out. I'm putting my first, this is the first physical product I've ever put out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not digital, it's not virtual. How many pages? It's going to be like 75. 75, that's, a, that's more than it's a big. zine. That's yeah, a magazine. It is, it is big. Isn't yeah. that a magazine? Basically, if yeah. you're doing it by pages. If you're doing it by definition. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah, a yeah. magazine. Yeah. So it's funny, like when. <laughs> When I I wasn't even aware of like what a zine was until like maybe six. Months I wasn't ago. until I met you. Really? Yeah, that was, was the first. It time. was totally brand new, and so when I saw this, it's I was just super like, hipster. Like, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh snap, mm-hmm. I can do this. Like it's because I had been thinking like, yo, I really want to find a way to like, because I tried doing prints, like going to art stuff and like selling prints and whatnot, and I was like, okay, this is something like where I can really take my photographs and get into design and narrative and some of these mm-hmm. places I've wanted to be in. And so do you, do you describe um, the surroundings and the ph- photographs? Or, it, you mean like words? Or, yeah, are there brief descriptions anywhere? No, no words? No brief descriptions in this mm-hmm. one. Okay. There, is, there is some type. Okay. Um, but yet no, no descriptions. What um, material? What do you mean as far as the paper type? Yeah. Semi-gloss. Semi-gloss, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and I say that it's to be completely truthful, like we are like backs against the wall to get this thing like available for the pre-order Wednesday, but Mm -hmm. it is, it is going to happen. It is going to happen. Um, what are you estimating the cost per person right now? Uh, I don't want it to be above 25. Okay. To be truthful. I want it to be lower than well, that. Well, 75 pages is a lot of work. So it is. You, you, um, yeah. you have to understand, like, people are, I think they'll respect that amount of work. Um, so, around, like, 18 to 25 seems like a pretty... Yeah. Uh, uh, 
And I mean, standard. the fact that we have to give it to a printer, it's fine. You know, next zine, the third one, definitely by the third, printing will be in-house. Okay. You know, so yeah. I cut down that cost again. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're sending it out to, like, I got an invoice back yesterday, and I'm like, oh, like, too much. You yeah. Know, other, other printers, um, I'm truthfully expecting it. I mean, it could be, I, my hope is that it's lower than 20. I believe I can have it lower mm -hmm. than 20 because, um, you know, I want people, I want it to be like something, you know, especially when they look at the price, like, oh yeah, no problem. See, so, so coming from your shoes to being a creative and it's, it's like, this is your own baby, right? Yeah. And you're also, so you have this work, this, this work that you've uh, compiled and you've created a zine. And you want it to, to be like a good price for people to, to respect it and buy it. But then again, you have that other side where all the proceeds, uh, all the profit proceeds go to Antoine Rose's mother. Mm -hmm. So then again, it's like, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing if it is over 20. Right. Because uh, the family of Antoine Rose uh, II is receiving something. Right. And, and they're actually... So like another way I look at it, there's been... A couple months ago, there were two zines I wanted to get at the time. They were both twenty-five dollars, mm, okay. and I was just too broke to like. Like I, ha I could have bought twenty-five, you know, got the zine. Yeah. But it's like that's twenty-five dollars spent the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I got bills to pay, you know. So I kind of look at it a little bit from my perspective as well, and just understanding that you know he also Antoine, you know, grew up in a poor community. So if mm -hmm. like you only have a few bucks, like you're good. You can still get that, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, provided like it does well you know i mean he, obviously i would love for his mother to gather in a, a lot of money off of it mm -hmm. but i'm going to be grateful like for whatever amount yeah. um well that's not even your entire focus with it though no no yeah. no not at all because you know there's it's a message behind it absolutely yeah. and you know i'm just i'm just excited that like i'm finally able to like put something physical out to the world mm -hmm. i'm excited too like I'm, I'm really looking forward to it uh if you guys haven't seen his work check out your instagram uh what's the handle at sniper streets at sniper streets. it's basically like it's funny because you're like like i i guess my youtube is streets or sniper streets yeah like, i'm not even on there enough to know. i just tell space, people like yeah. if, if you google sniper streets you'll pull up my stuff mm -hmm. there'll be a tumblr website instagram whatever is under that yeah, uh, could you talk about, uh, to, to fellow creatives, uh, so I, I noticed your layout on Instagram has kind of changed a little lately, where you put the white panels, Right. you, you put three white panels, mm -hmm. and then you put three picture panels, and then you put another set of three white panels, mm -hmm. and then it's another set of three white yeah. panels, so as you scroll, you see that um, it goes in this, this order, but... When you put those white panels, other people who see your post are only receiving a white panel picture, mm -hmm. and that's three in a row. Mm -hmm. And I could see some people being agitated about something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but coming from a creative like yourself, what are your thoughts on it? And does it does it? I, I think it looks aesthetically pleasing when I go to your page. Mm -hmm. So how does how does it make you feel? And what do yeah, you it's like far it? as the page, like it's definitely like for the aesthetics. It's more to show you like to like break up the work mm -hmm. so that the work's not all running together and you can see that this set of 12 images was a whole project and this set of three was a whole. Mm. Um, okay, that's, that's really cool, I like that. Basically because, yeah, because like at one point last summer, 
and I got this from what um, I saw Childish Gambino do this first on Instagram, and then I saw Kanye do it uh, for Valentine's Day. His and he was new to Instagram at the time, which is unique. His feed was blank. He shared fifty images of basically like celebrity couples. Mm-hmm. The fifty first was him and Kim, and that was like it was there for a couple of days, and he deleted it. I was like, wow, like that is beautiful in a place where it's like. I feel like the internet just has so much stuff on it, and it's always there. Like, he put something there briefly. It was like a virtual gallery that you could come to, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. The same way, like, okay, here's a gallery and a museum for the week, and then it's gone. You know, it was like mm-hmm. this momentary thing. So I actually did that when I first shared the photos I uh, crafted from the Antoine Rose protests. They were up on my Instagram for a while, and then they were gone. Um, I thought I was going to do the same moving forward, I didn't because I realized, you know what, like it's important to have what I've done on there recently. And so that's why I started just doing like the three blank posts. And at first it was totally blank. Like I wouldn't even put anything down there. I mean, even with my photos, like I'll put information, maybe like the date, the event. I don't caption it or anything because it's like the photo should speak for itself Mm -hmm. if it's a good photo, you know. Um, I don't need to like add my words to it at all. That, uh, but recently, with the blank post, I've started like writing something in there. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I was so because I'm like that, yeah. because people would actually like the blank post, and that amused me so much. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, that's funny and like really yeah. dope at the same time. It, like some of it would just be my homies, and like they get in the comments and like talk trash or whatever. I'm yeah. like, this is great. But I was like, well, yeah, like just be a little more interactive. Like say something, mm-hmm. even if it's like. I ate a bagel this morning. Yeah. Like, just interact a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, because I know for me personally, I can be like super reclusive and I don't care at all. I don't care how it comes off. That's just, that's my space. That's like mm-hmm. a comfort zone. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm in my house for a week working on stuff or I'm out and about, you know? Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, like I'm like open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. I, I was reading, oh, I was reading them and, and some of them were just like cut, catching me off guard. I was like, oh, okay. But one of the, the most recent ones were like, I finally did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to print scene. I was like, oh, he's talking about the zine. Yeah. Like, like, so I thought that and was it'll cool. be really obscure like that. I enjoy mm-hmm. being obscure. As, as do I. I it's just, yeah. it's fun to tease like that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And just like, what? What's he doing? What's he yeah. doing? What, what did he print? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, and, and, um... You know, like even in the process of making the zine, in the process, like all, a lot of my process is just super organic. You know, I get into it and I'm working on titling last night and I'm working, working. I'm like, this isn't working, you know. So you just figure out another way, like, you know, kind of going in with a plan and then just totally deviating from that and doing something totally different. Um, I think it's easier for me to create, like, when I'm in the space and I'm working, uh, if I have to, like, plan it out. And like, okay, this is what we're going to go with. Like, sometimes it's just hard to even come up with the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have to be active. Um, so, uh, is there any advice that you'd give to a person who just picked up their first camera within the past year? And they're looking to be a photographer, but they don't know where to take it or what to do. Where to take it, yeah. I would get on YouTube. I would Google how to shoot in manual. And I would start there. And I would learn that. And then I would go outside my house or in my house or whatever. I would just have my camera with me and I would just start taking pictures. I mean, the same way I did it. Just start taking pictures, figuring it out, messing around with your settings, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's, always two, there's always at least two ways to do the same picture. 
once you understand manual. Um, Could you elaborate on what that means? I'm not I'm gonna do my best. Photographer, so. um, you know, like if uh, if if I took your portrait right now, um, you know, I could do it. I could change. I could. So you have your ISO or your ASA, which basically is telling your light meter or telling your camera the sensitivity of your film or whatever. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. You have your aperture, which is basically like uh, a hole uh, in your lens, and that hole can uh, uh, widen or tighten, mm -hmm. so it's controlling how much light is coming in. And then you have your shutter speed on the back, so you have this little shutter that's going to um, you know, pop up and allow that light to come in and hit your digital sensor or your film, whatever medium you're working with, your old glass plates, if you're doing it like the old-timey guys, 4 by 5s you know, like... In the cartoons where they go under the... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, because I'm going to try and give like a better example of it, like I would mess that up too much. Uh, if you change just one of those things, just, just by changing... If you set it up one way, you could change one of those things and then adjust the other two settings to do the same picture. Mm. You would get a different... I think that's correct. You would get a different effect aesthetically mm -hmm. because you're crafting the photo different technically but i mean you still but be like subject matter wise photo. it's yeah. the same photo okay yeah, yeah. that's cool so say, say one more time there's three di yeah so iso aperture and shutter speed those are like those are the three so, um okay. i guess the three technical pieces as far as your camera is concerned that you should be concerned about to understand first. And then, of course, you're going to go out into the world and you're going to start thinking about light and where is light coming from. And, oh, the mm -hmm. light's bouncing off of this building and hitting down here, you know. And am I shooting into the light? Am I shooting uh, against the light with the light to my back? Um, all sorts of stuff. What's your ideal setting for a f photo? As far as... Okay, let's see. Um... Or would you not want an ideal setting since you kind of just go out there? Yeah, see, I'm more of like yeah. I just go out there mm -hmm. and I just take so what maybe comes the to ideal me. Setting I do, I do, right? I do like a lot of sunlight. Okay. I like to so work. I like work. The place. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We only have 190 sunny days a year. Yeah, few so. and far between. Which is funny because yeah. when I lived in Alabama, I wasn't shooting a lot of film at the time. I like came to this place where I was like, I knew film was the direction I wanted to go in, and mm -hmm. I knew that okay, kind of what I've done digitally, like, that's great, but I'm going to have to kind of take a step back and really put in a lot of work and not really have anything to show for it for a while mm -hmm. while I, you know, figure this thing out. Which is another reason why this scene is so exciting. I've recently been striving to get better at as well. Is just like, because you can listen with a stubborn ear. Mm -hmm. Okay, I listen to you. All right, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. That's, you yeah. Know. Well, you're just hearing me at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're not or hearing listening. to correct. Yeah, you're hearing to you know, mm -hmm. um, and just you know, also like you know, putting little things into perspective. You know, like, okay, I'm sick today. Well, I have this bill to pay, but you know what? My health's more important. So, all right, hey, I gotta you know, I gotta call off today. Yeah, you know, we we I've found it's you know, there's certain things in my life I was just far too emotionally attached to, in some form or fashion. Because I wasn't looking at it with a proper or healthy perspective. Okay. Yeah. You know. That, that makes it sense. was like lower or higher than where it should have been. Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. 
would you say you're getting that? Yeah, I'm striving, yeah. striving to find just that balance, just mm-hmm. balance and everything. That's cool. And um, like our bodies, man, like we're messed up. We're all just messed up. So for me, it's 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 um, it's a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. Being at peace with your spirit. Yes, yeah. that's where it starts because, like you know, like you see the clothes, you see me, but like me is what's speaking out yeah. to you from this body. This is just the shell I'm living in, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's so also kind of looking at myself like that, like, okay, well, like, you know, maybe you didn't, <laughs> maybe you didn't like, you know, what T-shirt you wore today, but it's all good. Like that's just the T-shirt you wore over what you live inside. You yeah, know? yeah. It, and it, it's hard. I get, it's hard to have. It's hard to have a healthy perspective if you don't have truth, too. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, no, that's that's powerful. I, I, I think you're the, you're right about that because it it is hard to have um, any perspective if you can't be honest and truthful with one yourself and then two those around you. But one, you have to be truthful to who who you are and what mm-hmm. what your intent is, right? And and the way you carry yourself, the the actions that uh, follow, and the choices you make, and that that all comes full circle to create mm-hmm. uh, you. So and man, especially just it's kind of I think like constant reevaluation mm-hmm. Con- and, and understanding that you have yeah. to fail to win. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to lose to gain a lot. You know, you have to mess up maybe to figure out. Okay, well, this is how I do it. I'm I'm Next so time. great at failing. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm a great failure. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I, yeah, I I've uh, I've strived to do well and never fail, but I've realized that while doing that, I've failed so much. But learning from that failure has right. created this mindset, and that's and that is what keeps pushing me. Healthy to, perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, down to the dumps. No, like, no, you have an opportunity now. Opportunity, yeah. It, I, I tore my ACL once. Mm-hmm. I got I surgery. You told me about this. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, re, or I, I tore my other ACL. I didn't get surgery. I felt depressed for a while. And it, it, was, it was eating me up, eating me up. And it's still torn to this day. But I realized I took it as a lesson, as an opportunity to, to do something different so i couldn't just get that depression a uh, uh, hold of me and keep injuring myself doing like i mean i was running but it was just like the it, mind is yeah it, it, so powerful it was it was insane when it happened but i realized that it was a lesson for me mm-hmm. and there's some growth to be learned here so that's that's how how i'm striving to be I would hope that's how we're all striving. Yeah, uh, each and every day. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, uh, and I think, think, you know, again, some things I picked up from football. You know, you get knocked down a lot in football. So you have to learn how to pick yourself back up. Mm -hmm. And then just, you know, taking kind of like that same aspect and on and, or same approach in life. You know, it's not about what happened to you. It's about how you respond to what happened to you. You have... You, you have a choice, you know, mm-hmm. in a situation like, okay, this happened to me, but how am I going to respond to this? Yeah. You know, what, what, am I, what are the next steps? Right. Yeah, because that, be. that, what determines, what gets you where you are is your response to everything that comes mm-hmm. your way. And 
oftentimes that can be uh, unfair or cruel. I mean, you think about a kid, you know, and maybe in a, a bad situation, it's not like they're logically, pro- you know, this thing is just coming at them mm-hmm. regardless, you know. So you get down the road, you know, maybe no one ever brings, you know, shares with them like, yo, you know what, you can, it'll be painful, but you can actually... Uh, unearth and get rid of a lot of these burdens mm-hmm. just by going back and saying like you know okay this is what happened this is what was done to me and this is how I responded to it but what is the appropriate response that I should have had and oh you know what it's not my fault either let's put the blame appropriately let's put the blame where it should be and okay now I'm going to have this new response because now I have truth mm. in this area that's yeah that's um, mm-hmm. that's an, that's another thing that I recently, you know, just throughout my day, just stopping like, okay, why are we feeling like this? Like, okay, you know, and just like, just working through it and like, okay, like, this is what happened. And I mean, it, like, it'd be stuff from years ago, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we carry this body, we carry everything. Yeah. And these memories and emotions, they're just in there tumbling, you know, like a dryer. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the clothes, yeah. they're just there. You're not even conscious of it until somebody or something in life like shakes it. All of a sudden, like, it comes out, mm-hmm. you know, You're like, oh, snap, you know, where did that come from? Yeah, no, that, but, you know, we're so, extremely accurate. you know, we got to go to job, we got to, we got so much stuff going on mm-hmm. in this society, so much we got to do, it's like, people don't even have time to even think about the fact, oh, I got, I need to deal with myself, because mm-hmm. I got to survive piece. every mm-hmm. day, yeah. yeah, um, it's, it's tough, but like you said, it's a balance, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and, it's a hundred percent worth striving for. Oh yeah, definitely is. You you need inner peace, you do. Yes. How 100%. how how can how can those around you have peace if you yourself don't have inner peace? Right. It's, yeah. It's not. Feed, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like we feed off, feed off each other's energy. So, um, this is now burst time. Burst time. And this is the first time for burst time. Okay. Let's get it. Oh, yes. This is Starburst. Let's go. I hope I don't get sued. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So burst time means we're going to eat some Starburst. I'm going to ask Streets here some quick questions. They could be quick or... I'm not really so a quick. long-winded person. Yeah, no, that's, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm horrible um, short answers. So yeah, we're just gonna crack these open. I got all pink. Um, it's like watermelon, I think. Uh, I love all the starbursts. I'm not sure. Take as many as you want. Okay. I'll, I'll put them here. So yeah, starburst. Please don't sue me. Starburst sponsor, <laughs> my man. <laughs> yeah. Putting y'all on right now. Uh, so base time. Here's how it's gonna work. I'm just gonna ask you some random questions. Obscure things sometimes come to my head, sometimes they don't, and they're very basic. Uh, I'm going to start with, what's your favorite Starburst? The one you just handed me. Not even, not those, not these. Mm. This one. That's a good one. You should keep the wrapper then. <laughs> I wish I had a little pocket. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are so good. When I was working at Moe's... <laughs> Ah, 
new smothered burrito, y'all. I want this. I want this. Welcome to Moose! Mm, my boy, Tavun. <laughs> Shout out Tavun. That man would always bring in candy, which I loved, because, like, you need a little candy during your birthday. You know what's even funnier? Another story? My first year playing football, eighth grade, uh, one of our senior wide receivers, another guy who just loved candy, on Thursdays before a game, we'd have, like, a light practice. Mm -hmm. Just, like, helmets, shoulder pads. This man would be out there with gobstoppers and all candies. <laughs> In his pocket, eating candy in practice. Oh. I just told him, like, you know, what's up, Chris? And just, like, stick that hand in there, grab some candy. <laughs> like, he already knew what was good. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I like that. <laughs> All right, so, uh, most inspiring photographer. Oh, man. Mm. Hmm. Is it criminal to bite a Starburst and not eat the whole thing at once? To some people, I feel like and those people are weirdos because like you should be able to eat and enjoy this beautiful piece of candy, however you desire. Okay, well, I bet it then. I've never seen anybody <laughs> yeah, bite it though. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to do it. But hey, mm. I really gotta so think about weird. this because there's been so many moments where either. And the inspiration is always different. Sometimes it's not necessarily their photography. It's like how well, like Joe Myrit's classic example of somebody who's not necessarily his work I admire, but how well-spoken he is. Because mm -hmm. I don't necessarily consider myself a person who's well-spoken. I'm like abrupt and blunt and often will commute, communicate something poorly. And that's, you know, that's... I think I'm going to have to go with Bruce Gilden, though, because that's the the guy that keeps popping my head, just because when I first saw his work, it impacted me so profoundly. Bruce Gilden. Bruce Gilden, yeah. All right. If you could write a check of any amount of money and give it to a charity, would you write the check? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you could go to any water park, what would it be and why? <laughs> the beach. Because the beach is... That's a terrible answer to that question. No, no. I, but I, I, I go from my, Florida, so... I go from my I gut because beach. I grew up going to the beach every summer. And mm -hmm. we would pat, we, you know, we'd pass by the water parks, but we always went to the beach. I don't know why we didn't go to the water parks. I guess, like, my parents just weren't about, like, paying for six kids and themselves to go to the water That's park. That's quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. That is. Um, but... Having gone to a water park or two now, it still doesn't beat the beach. The big, as my guy Rizzo in Muppets Treasure Island says, the big blue wet thing. Nothing beats that. Okay. So I'm going to stick with the beach. <laughs> the beach, <laughs> all right. And anything you want to tell the listeners uh, that's coming up, uh, We even if we've talked about it, uh, something they should yeah, look obviously, for? Um, please support the zine, um, Antoine's mom. The pre-order will be... Live Wednesday, this Wednesday, six nineteen. Um, where do where do they get it? So it's funny, like I have a big cartel up now. Cartel. Cartel. Yeah, I think that's what we're gonna do it through, because I have a poor habit of like. What what is that? Sorry, I'm not familiar. Big cartel is like, I mean, it's an online shop, basically. Okay. Um, 
Are you going to link that to your Instagram? That might it will people. be linked to my Instagram. Okay. How about your It'll website? Link to my website. Okay. Yeah, and, at SniperStreets, yeah. SniperStreets.com. And that's on your Instagram URL bio spot. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would probably be the best place to go. Yeah, that's, that, that's probably Neither, like Next time I do a podcast, like all this stuff will be done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be way ahead of the process. I'm not going to be such a noob. But, well, um, well, the thing is, so... Say his name, by the way. As the title of the zine. Okay, I'll say his say name. His name. Mm. That was a sign that was present throughout the protests and a chant that was present throughout the entire out. part of the protest. So and the zine is very much a documentary of the people, the environment, the events, the moments that took place, and... Um, I think my most, one of my most joyous things about it is um, just how, and I want to be careful how I say this because a photograph can be honest and still misconstrued or misinterpreted. Hello. And sometimes like, I'll even look at a photograph and like, I kind of have an idea of what's going on, mm -hmm. but it's still very relative. And what I like so much about this project is just like, if 50 years from now or 100 years from now someone picked this up. Like, there would be, you know, 70-something, you know, beautiful photographs of this event that took place. And, oh, I want to know more about this. And they get on whatever, some futuristic internet, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, no. They, they go back in a hologram or something. And they're like, you know, right there <laughs> with yeah. it, you know, wherever we're going to be in 100 it's gonna years. It's going to be nuts. It's scary. Yeah. I hope I've passed peacefully by then. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I'm not sure. I'm the future is gonna be nuts. The uh, the the chance uh, they said say his name. Say his name. Yeah, and I, I have a sound clipping. Uh, do you know Jimmy Joe Busick? I do not. He uh, he's a lead singer of the Uptown Woods, but he also this is his own solo project. Um, I'm just gonna play this. Yeah, real fast. Hello? What's your opinion, sir? We all fucked. I ain't got shit. I'm sweating and it's all this. If you like me, you probably work for ends me. I don't need much. I'm leaving in the coffin. Call my name when you need to hear the real shit. Catch me dead before you catch me in an office. I can't trust cops. I'd rather be a culprit. Read my rights and then lock me in the handcuffs. Send me off. We all lost in America. Mass hysteria. Mass media, master shaping, mass appeal, peels away our character. Mass control, mass produce, the news ruining mothers, mascara. Mass shootings, mass incarceration. There's no use praying, the mass is missing mass, the pastor masturbating. Massacres from LA to Massachusetts, I guess nothing matters. We all puppets doing master's bidding, but don't be dipping in their pockets. Question the boss's mindset and find yourself jobless. All of this attributed to selective hearing. Several years of corporate culture, vulture eyes, sadistic thinking, quickly sickening, and sickening, seeing people as just statistics. Just a number, numb the consciousness. Ignorance, the tip of the iceberg, and that's where the problem begins. I said it before and I'll say it again, unless you were congressman, we all fucked. I ain't got shit, I'm sweating, and it's all this. If you like me, you probably work for ask me. I don't need much, I'm leaving in the coffin. Call my name when you need to hear the real shit. Catch me dead before you catch me in an office. I can't trust cops, I'd rather be a culprit. Read my rights and then lock me in the handcuffs. 
Send me off, we all lost in America It doesn't get stereo Instilling fear from feeling inferior Police employing serial killers It's a serious business Terrorizing their victims, leaving kids without a father I hope it haunts you I hope you see his face forever engraved in your memory I hope your soul never rests in peace Temperature rising got me sweating in a cold world This a matter of survival deep inside a nightmare Life lost, no love felt, no question of suspects Ross failed, free to roam, bail unsecured On house arrest, but he ain't home, he ain't alone There's a load of officers better off in a morgue Instead they acquitted in court, the system corrupt Crooks and thugs pulled to serve and protect They provoke and destruct, there's no justice No peace first started listening to a lot of hip-hop and it still kind of blows my mind today that like even if your ideas are outdated or just wrong or different however you want to put it like when someone puts it that eloquently that straight you know from the cut and like you cannot empathize with that you know mm -hmm. that's why this keeps happening there's a um and it's funny you brought the audio up the material we're going to tease out on social media for this pre-order it's photo with audio mm -hmm. and it's just like that and um there's a photograph it's my favorite photograph in the book or the zine um <laughs> uh, it was in market square you know, the funny thing about Pittsburgh being a small, dense city, bigger than what I'm used to, but yet still small and dense, which I love, um, you see a lot of the same faces. Mm -hmm. So this is the first time I had seen this couple, seen them multiple times since. There's a couple sitting uh, at, a, at the table there, you know, those little colored tables. Man's on his phone. The lady has her hands over her ears like this, mm -hmm. eyes closed. Behind her is a protester, her fist raised. You can see the protesters around in the back. You can see a sign with Antoine's name on it. And, I mean, I took several photos of this because when I saw what was happening, like, I realized the power of that frame, the mm -hmm. story that was there. And, and then there's kind of, like, just coming into the frame on each side, like, you know, somebody's arm or whatever. I mean, just form-wise, the photo is excellent. Mm -hmm. I think it's an excellent photo. It's my favorite in the book because it perfectly illustrates where I believe we're at today in a small sense with, uh, I guess you would say, race relations. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm always so careful when I talk about these things because I'm not the best, I don't feel I'm the best well-spoken, but basically this lady's not listening. She refuses mm -hmm. to listen. Yeah. 
Like, it doesn't matter what you, you can't even listen. Mm-hmm. No one's forcing you, but you can't, you refuse to listen. Mm-hmm. You know. That's, that's insane. I, I can even visualize what that looks like. And that, that kind of, um, I'm gonna that sh- kind I'm of gonna, speaks to what our... I'm going to show you the photo now. Yeah, that speaks to our society right now. And, it's, mm-hmm. and you know, we, it's we, we can share information so quickly. You know, we're the most connected we've ever been. But we have to be open to receiving it. Absolutely. You know, uh, would, you, would you like any Starbucks? Well, probably, uh, probably the okay. uh, probably the donuts early this morning too. Uh, <laughs> here it is. Wow. That's insane. You know that's that's uh yeah. I don't even, there's that's no worse. That's it. It's an extremely powerful photo. A second later, you wouldn't have gotten it. Because that guy was about to walk in front of and the frame. It, like, yeah, I think, you know, as far as him and the lady there, they kind of worked. They just added kind of like nat- balance and almost a natural it physical It kind of vignette. shows the, uh, the, the circle around. Right. Because yeah. if he's here... Then this wraps, and you're a part of that. Mm-hmm. But for her not to even okay, you disagree, but open. you can't listen. You can't yeah. be open to hear another. That, well, and this this is a thinking. sign of disrespect. Right. That's I can't even hear myself right when I'm saying right. Like, it was the it was the physical act. Mm-hmm. As a, such a sign of disrespect, and and it's it's like your cause means nothing to me. I don't even have, I don't even have an ounce of respect for you to and listen. And that to me, that is a perfect example of what white privilege is. It is the environment where there are just straight, there are things that we as white people do not have to deal with. Yes. Yes. E- even if we have to deal with it a little bit, mm-hmm. we do not have to deal with it on the level that poor classes or black culture has to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Police brutality is absolutely one of those things. When if that if that was in a white neighborhood and the kid ran out of the car in fear, there's no way that kid would have gotten shot. Mm-hmm. I mean that's 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 my yeah. there's just no, no, no way there, there isn't and if if anything he would have gotten tased exactly and there's some audio um a part of this material we're gonna put out um where uh an activist speaks to that the fact that uh the officer Michael Rossfeld did not follow appropriate police procedure in fact the activist even says he didn't follow his training i would even argue a little bit that he didn't follow his training but he he's a victim too in the fact that you know as a white male if if he's growing up in the suburbs he's watching his own television programming he's mm-hmm. got other people's information coming at him you know like he was wrong 
But it's like his mindset needs to change too. White babies are not coming into the world racist or hateful. No, no, no babies baby, are. No babies this are. stuff's taught. Mm-hmm. And it that man, taught. that man acted out on uh, some things that he learned that were not healthy. Yeah, and then got away with it. Yeah. The energy outside, because I I got off work and I ran up to the courthouse that Saturday night as the trial was finishing. And um, the energy, you know, outside of that place, it, 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 it was, you know, there's, I've been in shock before. You know, unfortunately, like we all, a lot of us knew that was a good possibility based on how things have been handled in the past. Mm-hmm. But still, to like be there we were in after right after all that effort and and had been put forth, you know, in hope for the right, um, the right thing to come out and mm-hmm. for it to be handled like that was just, uh, it's 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 sad, but it speaks to the volume. I'm at a loss for words. It yeah. speaks to where our society is at. Yeah. And it, it shows we do and if need, we, if we we can't need em- a shift. If we can't empathize outside of our own fishbowls, mm-hmm. man, dude. It's, yeah. The world is bigger than, like, our own individual. Well, that's why we need to keep talking and keep listening. Exactly. But and I think, first, especially as, as us, it's very important that we especially, I'm talking about us as white men, mm-hmm. listen. Yeah. Because I've seen people in the past, and it's like, oh, I... I can tell you meant good, but like you should have listened more before you acted out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Because act with intent, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, your intention was good. You want to help, but it's like listen a little bit more because there's there's just things and situations and um, experiences that we've been blessed to never have to deal with because we've been looked at differently. Mm-hmm. Straight sure. up, yeah. It's completely true. It's, uh, I was, and told... I did, that sounds so basic, and it just blows my mind that there's still people who don't want to hear that, don't even want to try and understand that. Yeah. And it's so, we, we need the basics. It's so simple. We to need me. basics. Like when I first yeah. heard that, it was like, oh, wow. You know, I'm thinking back to it's, it's 2014, and I'm in Kansas, I'm at school, and I'm watching on, you know, one of the BS news channels. We have many of them. The live coverage. Um, of the protest for, uh, I believe it was Eric Garner, you know, and this is the first time as at, tw- uh, like 21, 22. So this is the first time, like I'm learning this, but mm-hmm. you know, these kids had to grow up in that. Why would, why am I just now learning that? I mean, that speaks to my education. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was placed in front of me? What wasn't placed in front of me yeah. so that I would <laughs> develop you know, but it, 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 from the jump, it just made sense, sense to me. I'm like, this is wrong. You it, know, it, and it's crucial to, to be educated. So it, yeah, and it, we're, we're not it, educated about the right no, things. No, we're not. No. We're not. And so it, 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 it continually, I just, I don't That's why it. we need to educate each other. Just like, you know, just like this. I, mm-hmm. um, well, I, that's, that's, that's a big part of wrongness of reality is there's things in our lives, not just us, but everyone that go unnoticed to the whole of society. Mm -hmm. But to us, they're extremely impactful. And how we learn, how we grow, and what we see and what we do impact that, that, that thing in which creates us. So 
we need to have an open dialogue and we need to be able to talk about the things we don't want to talk about mm -hmm. or the things that make us uncomfortable to talk mm -hmm. about because then we'll start talking about them right and we'll get somewhere we'll move forward right. somewhere and nothing and changes if nothing changes no exactly Ex com completely so what does rawness of reality mean to you man openness just like it's all on the table you know mm -hmm. uh we're not holding back. I feel insecure about this. Well, let's just put it on the table then. You know, yeah. just just have faith to open up. Mm -hmm. um, I did want to ask you one question because I feel like, you know, like, like the lady putting, you know, doing that, like, mm -hmm. that's not just an act. That's an attitude. And I know that when I come into certain circles, there's certain attitudes there. And... How do we, and I'm just wondering if you've had experiences, like, because if someone's unwilling to listen, like, there's only so much you can do, mm -hmm. especially if somebody doesn't want to have a mature conversation. Yeah. And that's oftentimes, I think, the big kind of, like, building block is somebody will, like, jump off to some other rabbit trail, and I'm like, whoa, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're talking about apples, not oranges. They're both fruits, but we're talking about apples. Yeah. Just because you like apples has nothing to do with the so, you see what I'm saying? So, like, when you've been in these situations with uh, very likely white peers and tried to check it, have you had success? Have you not had success? How do you even go about that? Because so, so it's I, been frustrating on my end. I, I have an answer, and it may be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I'm known to be wrong, but I'm also known to be right, so it's okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, so let's say you and I are talking. We don't know each other. Mm -hmm. And... I say something to you and you just, you can't, you can't agree. You, you don't want to hear it. I'm wrong. I then give you an opportunity to tell me why. I let you lay it out all on the table. I turn it around mm -hmm. and I listen mm -hmm. to you. I engage in what you have to say. I take an interest in your interest. Right. And then I create the common, you there is now that common ground. Mm -hmm. You find the common ground by taking interest in others' interest. And if you take interest in their interest, then you will inevitably find a, a, a channel in which both mm -hmm. of you are able to communicate. And in an environment where that woman was with her, her hands on her head is not going to be in the environment in which she has an opportunity to speak. Mm -hmm. So what then needs to happen is part of that crowd, once they leave, a person should go up to somebody who they see is agitated or rebuking whatever sound is around and, and let them talk. You need, you need other people to, to speak and you need to have us as, as the other individuals to listen in order for them to even want to listen to us. Sometimes it's about... Us being quiet, the 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 mm -hmm. one who who has a message to say, to be quiet, to eat last. Mm. I like that. That's on point, and that's so healthy for me to hear because being a very outgoing and passionate person, I'm naturally a hothead, mm -hmm. and that kills me in some of those situations sometimes because I yeah I don't uh, act from like a mature patient place yeah, empathetic place you like, I'm just like well how could you are mm -hmm. you, you know 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, well, that's that's kind of. And, it, and I think another thing is a lot of times it's a loved one mm-hmm. I'm speaking with. So there's like that emotional factor. It's like, yo. Yeah. You 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 have to step outside of yourself a lot. Yeah. And yeah. and and uh, I, I think I think the crucial thing is take interest in others' interest, because that will show somebody that they have your attention, and then if they have your attention, they will give you their attention. I think that's an excellent pattern. Yeah. Right on. That's that's all I have. Word, um, this has been great. Today. Yeah. Thank you so no, much for I having enjoy me. Enjoy it. On, man. Um, and we're going to have you on again. I've been, uh, later I've been down really, the road. really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I've been right. keeping it in the back of my mind. I wanted to, I wanted to come. You know, the first time we did it, and as a photographer, um, you know, one of the few earthly labels, I will allow my spirit in this flesh to be under. Mm-hmm. Have something, you know, to bring to the table. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's awesome that you, you know. do. I, the day we met, you were talking about Azine. June nineteenth, it's coming to fruition. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about it. I really am, and I, I look forward to the work you'll be doing in the future. Do you have anything to say to our listeners uh, before we? No, I mean off? that's it. Uh, Sniper Street, say his name, June nineteenth. Thank you for the support. Please support. You know all the like I said, all the the proceeds are going to Antoine's mother. Um, so snag it up. I I next a week from now I need to be scrambling because y'all bought me out and I gotta get more done so that's the situation I want (laughs) alright we'll see you see you on the next episode when I have a discussion with Mad Rabbit but for now let's acknowledge Sniper Streets and go check out Azine the link's in the bio I enjoyed speaking with Streets and I hope you all enjoyed listening if so please like comment subscribe share tell us how we can improve the only way I'm going to get better is with the help of you So all the constructive criticism you can deliver, I can receive. Our episodes can only get better from here. And another big thank you to Mike Campus, our production manager, and Joe Cow on The Beats. And remember, stay raw with reality. (coughs) Oh, yeah.